politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready and yearning to be free. Those few of you remaining who still yearn to be free. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for Tuesday, um, the 16th of January. It's funny. It's usually a Wednesday that we're, it was like the Wednesday blues. I experienced this for 15 years because Wednesday is usually after an election day because election is usually Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is the story of my life. This is the story of your life. There is nothing new under the sun. As Steve says, it's just that the frosting tastes zanier. I laugh at all these takes of the uniqueness of Trump and MAGA dominating. And folks, nothing has changed. The incumbent wins every time. The one with the most name ID wins every time in a primary. The one that Fox News and the media wants wins every time. There has never been a time that the media didn't get their person. Never, ever, ever, ever. Bush, Dole, Romney, McCain, and yes, Trump 2016. They wanted him. They pushed him. They pushed him against Cruz. Nobody could tell you otherwise. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. The only difference is usually it doesn't work in Iowa, but then they go on to win everything else. And this time it worked even in Iowa because it is different. It's not an open primary. He is an incumbent. We thought and hoped, although I prepped you yesterday, and I'm glad I did for the listless vessels and how we're going to have to operate. Uh, But, you know, the reality is that an incumbent is an incumbent. We hope this would be a sort of cathartic change with the governor's support there and, you know, the operation and and a caucus. And in the end, it wasn't a change. So it's the status quo of what it likely was everywhere else. And that is the incumbent always wins. So we're going to dissect this. We're going to do it like nobody else will do with insights that nobody else will give in a long view. A long view. This is not about Iowa. This is not about Trump per se, although there are aspects of it that make it even worse. It's about the last eight years, and then really, if you peel back the last 40 years, how we have failed to change anything, and all we can do is find the little spheres of influence we have within our dominion um, to, to change what we can. You know, God gives us a cup. Some cups are bigger. Your job is to fill your cup. Someone might have a bigger cup. You might have a smaller one. But your job is to do what you can with what God gave you. You have a mission. And I'm a little bit biased here because my view was different all along. I felt we have long crossed the path of no return to save the country on a federal level. So I'm going to try to give you a little bit of hope actually today, amidst the doom and gloom in the analysis. And really, there are two verses that are relevant to understanding where we are. I'll start off with the more uplifting one, and then 
we'll talk about the one that is more woe and lamentation that's emblematic of, of what's going on. The first verse is Genesis 50, 20. You thought evil against me. J- Joseph is telling the brothers, you know, selling him down to Egypt. You thought that was going to be a bad thing and you 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 attempted to, to harm me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive, that, that Joseph should eventually become the ruler in Egypt and save everyone, including his family, from the famine. And I just want to say that we can't see what's around the corner. I say this all the time. Every every Republican, including you know conservatives, always cry the next day that you know after Democrats win an election. But as I've noted, there are times where it would have been better had a Democrat won, and I happen to think that in certain years we would have done better. Kind of if you look at a long view, a chain of events. So here is 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 a similar dynamic. That on the surface, it's like, oh, this is a terrible thing. We would be better off with DeSantis. But I can make an argument that we're lost anyway at a federal level, and this will allow us. In other words, it's almost like God is foreclosing every last avenue to actually do anything about it. And God is clearly pointing us in a different direction. Now, the raw materials are... Clearly, what I've been talking about, finding a couple of red areas and and making them great, we don't have any other land to rediscover. Exactly what that means is something that that we're going to have to figure out. But it's clear to me God is sending us in that direction. And last night, by the way, affirmed it because it's not like he's going to sit and win the general election. It's a perfect screwball where it's enough that he's going to win the primary 51% support, you know, commanding support. It's a commanding support, commanding control over the party enough to win a primary. But actually, he is, and 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 like, if you compare it to an open primary, it would be historic numbers. They are right about that. But if you compare him to an incumbent, which he's much closer to an incumbent, it's actually, it is very weak. And in addition to getting crushed with independence, what you saw in the exit polls is that 32% said they would not vote for a convicted felon. Whether right or wrong, you know, most of us don't agree with what the judiciary is doing. And and I think that number will shrink when push comes to shove. If you had, uh, you know, versus Biden or a Democrat, people ultimately come home. So you won't lose 32%. But you'll lose 15%. You cannot win an election when you lose 15% of Republicans, even if you draw even or do well with independence, much less the fact that if you're losing 15% of independence based on being a convicted felon, you're gonna lose, you're gonna get crushed with Indies. And Republicans will get slaughtered down ballot, and Red America itself is going to shrink. And what you're gonna have is, and, and by the way, last night showed that. So he'll win Iowa. But you saw the weakness in the, in the big suburban counties. They will lose them. Republicans will lose seats in the legislature. Democrats will get radicals elected to muni- municipality elections in red cities like Des Moines all over – I'm sorry, blue cities like Des Moines all over red states. So that's the evil that is going to confront us 
God is forcing us to do some sort of surgery. So I just want you to understand, while it's tough today, in the, in the scheme of things, in the long run, there might be a reason for this, and God has a plan, and, and we can't forget that. Then there's the other relevant question, or other relevant verse, which, which just speaks to literally what happened. Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let me say that again. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou has forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget my children. This is God's judgment. It is spiritual what is going on. It's a perfect screwball that we get the lowest common denominator of Trump's electability and the establishment worldview and way of thinking. But it's all a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge. I am going to tell, give you the same speech I gave for 15 years when I would come back and you guys feel humiliated. You know, the McConnell staffers would make fun out of me when McConnell and his allies kept crushing our people in primaries. It's the same thing. There's nothing unique. I laugh at these people think MAGA is dominating. Oh my gosh, 51%, the best ever. MAGA forever. I laugh. You look at every other primary, every other legislation, Congress, the House, the Senate. It's the same Republican Party before Trump, the same Republican Party during Trump, and the same... Republican Party now, it's still during Trump because he still leads the party, but I mean when he was president. And it's not going to change unless we, we, we find something different. The party is irremediably broken. I said that years ago. I said that when we would have... Well, you know what? Let me let me take this back even farther. First, we'll, we'll do a live read. You know, one of the, one of the things that I think we need to focus on is what we can influence within our own dominion. Okay, what, what we can influence within our own sphere of influence. And one of them is the choices we make. You know, we, we don't buy Bud Light. And one of them is to boycott AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Patriot Mobile, they get, there's, I mean, it's almost like we were saying with DeSantis, like take yes for an answer. You get the same coverage. You can keep your phone, keep your number, Except rather than funding China and the Fourth Reich, you're funding those who stand for religious freedom, free speech, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our values. Go to patriotmobile.com CR to join our movement or call their U.S.-based English-speaking customer service at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use offer code CR. Again, patriotmobile.com CR, 972-PATRIOT, offer code CR, no excuses. Let's make the change today. So I got into politics as a, as a kid. I was inspired by the '94 election. My father was doing some local campaigns, and I it was very inspiring being being a kid and and watching how they said for the first time in 40 years Republicans took back Congress. And I was really excited. I was like, "Wow, this is where it's at." I love Republicans, and let's let's go do it. And and we saw it started off with the Gingrich House. They 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 started with some of the things. But then it got stymied, each one in the Senate, never went beyond that. 
Each Republican leader had their own sex scandal as they focused on Bill Clinton's. And, you know, again, the same policies, same personnel, same red state losers time and again. And then we had the Bushes. And we basically sacrificed our entire political capital for eight years on Kabul and Baghdad while the left took over our country. And that's when I started getting into it more professionally as a commentator, writing on policy, writing on politics. And that's when I said, wait a minute. I was like, everyone I speak to who's a Republican agrees with me, not these guys. So why don't we just knock them out in primaries? Okay, we, we, we just come in front of the front of the voters and like, look at what this guy's doing. I mean, you know, you're a Republican for a reason. We have a Democrat party. Why have a Republican who's a Democrat? And let's let's just uh you know get a guy and, and we'll win. You could win with Mickey Mouse because they might have the money, but we have we have the the values, and that's what everyone wants. I mean, no one wants what they're running on. But there was one thing I didn't calculate and I came to understand. You know, throughout 2010, 2012, 2014, and then obviously crystallizing in 2016 and ever since. And that is, the Republican Party is so subversive and such a controlled opposition that they get tons of money in a primary, not relative to the Democrats, they get crushed by them, but enough for a primary precisely because they're going to stand for big government big healthcare, big education, um, taking federal grants, open borders, the criminal industrial leniency industrial complex, all that stuff, obviously the you know military industrial complex, foreign policy stuff, okay. But then they turn around and use that money to run on our issues. And what they would do is it was a two-step process. If our guy was never really gained traction, which was usually the case, so then they would they would just ignore our guy. The media would ignore him. Conservative media would ignore because they don't give a darn. They just but the Democrats, but the Democrats. Again, this is before Trump, by the way. And they would run on our views, and they would have the most money and the loudest voice to run on our views. So they would they would win. And I would say the next day, I was like. You guys didn't win. We won. Now, strategically, we lost. Tactically, we lost because they're going to screw us. But don't make me feel guilty that somehow I'm a loser. The voters who turned out and voted for Mitch McConnell in the primary in 2014 did not vote for him because of what we know he was going to do and what he stood for. They voted for him because he said he was going to repeal Obamacare, root and branch. If you remember that. And we just didn't have the money and the clout to fight through it. And then in that race, and several others, which is the second step, if our guy shows some signs of possibly gaining traction, they run ads and say, our guy is the liberal. Our guy is for TARP and the bailouts and for Obamacare and for big spending and is in cahoots with the Democrats. And they have more money to say that. I'll never forget I, I was supporting Brian Smith against Mike Simpson in the Eastern Congressional District in Idaho. You think this is Idaho, you know, R plus, plus 25, whatever it is. Mike Simpson, I mean, again, someone that every, every, every person turning out for Trump or DeSantis or Ramaswampy 
would agree he is antithetical to everything you believe in. He is, he is a caricature of the old guard, big government, big spending, elites. He's a drunkard, um, appropriator, loves Ukraine more than America, open borders beyond belief. His life's work is, is more bringing in more unskilled labor is literally his life's work. But you, you can't get more infractions against us. And, and I would note, and, and then we're, we're, we're going to get to Iowa, but, but you need to have this buildup. Trump has this charisma. He, he, he gives this impression that he fights for us. That's why 86% of those who felt that I want someone who fights for my values or fights for people like us, 86% who felt that was the number one factor voted for Trump. It's unbelievable. He fights, right? Now, you guys left because you know better, but he has that perception. I'm talking about, so everyone thinks there's something unique about that. In fact, I'd say there's something to be proud of. He only got 51%. We have bumps on the log. We have people who have less charisma than a turtle. They don't even indulge us in talking points. They're pathetic. And they and they crush it. They win by a lot more than 51%. Greg Abbott won with 70. Kay Ivey in Alabama is literally senile. She's not all there. She's not even running the state. She won re-election with 55 Mike DeWine got almost 50, almost what Trump got last night. Mike freaking DeWine while he's wearing his N95 campaigning. Okay? Um, who else do we have? Brad Chicken Little in Idaho got 53%. I mean, the guy's a leftist. But again, they run ads. And let's, let's take Greg Abbott. They're fighting Biden. The masses in the primary know that, yeah, you know, they might not love the guy, but he's the de facto Republican that they know of. It's it's the left or Abbott. Yeah, there might be some guys running. Yeah, okay, I'm sure they're decent guys. And, and we all, you know, we're around each other and we're all like, I don't see any intensity. I don't see any yard signs. And there isn't. They're not intensity. But the masses, they have the money, the name ID, the party apparatus, and Fox News. And the money, the name ID, party apparatus, and Fox News get their man every freaking time. So what they do is they run on our, our views. Now, Mike Simpson in Idaho was particularly disliked. He had particular vulnerabilities. For the first time, the Club for Growth pulled that race. This is in 2014. They pulled that race, and they found that he actually was vulnerable, that, that a generic incumbent a generic challenger could beat him. And that's pretty rare. But they did find that because he really is detestable. And it started out that Brian Smith, the challenger, he could have, you know, he, he was probably ahead, which is a rarity. It's usually not like this, but I'm saying that was the better case. Again, a guy who was a full spectrum liberal, you know, Trump could point on a superficial level, take credit for things that he did. And, and, and there are things, right? This is a guy that there's nothing he's ever done for us. He doesn't speak our language. He doesn't hold rallies. He doesn't have any of it. He has no charisma. What happened? He ran a bunch of ads, how he's fighting the left. Tons of money. We don't have any money. And then he ran ads that our guy was a liberal trial lawyer because he was a lawyer. So he, they took a stereotype 
right? Of course, he, there's nothing liberal about him. So it was like, he's a liberal, and they beat him and beat him and beat him. And then he got, it wasn't even close. I think, I think um, it wasn't a 51-49 deal. I mean, our guy got, I think he got in the 30s. And there's an interesting thing. You know what we found? We found that there were three counties that Brian Smith won. They were the three southern counties in the Utah media market that wasn't in the Idaho media market. So it was shielded from those lying ads. And that's the story. So, folks, it's no enigma that Donald Trump would win. We were hoping that if you take an endorsement of the popular governor, it's a caucus, it's a smaller state, and you could park yourself there and maybe relitigate the case to people, you'll change. But at the end of the day, and I don't fully understand the psychology behind it, but it has been ironclad for all of history, incumbents, unless they have a massive scandal, incumbents win Republican primaries, more so than Democrat primaries, because they actually have a movement. They win. Okay? Trump, if anything, is stronger than an incumbent. Because he has that adoration, that 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 eight years of built up, unanimous lionizing by conservative media. Whereas a Greg Abbott, they, they don't they're not lionized, but they're the default. They're the default. There's been a lot of talk about primaries because we use that. Oh, he's going to get primary. But let me tell you something. In a hundred years, essentially, essentially, no Republican incumbent governor or senator, okay, governor or senator, has been successfully challenged from the right in a popular primary, not a convention like Mike Lee in 2010. And it was an elected incumbent because a couple lost that were... um like appointed to fill a vacancy. So they're appointed midterm, so they're not really an incumbent, and then someone runs and knocks them off in the first real election. But but a, but an elected, long-standing incumbent, no matter what he did to us, that didn't have a scandal, wasn't forced to resign, ran from the right, that our guy wound up winning and wound up going on to win the general election. It just, it almost never happens. It almost never really happens. In the real world, it essentially Never happens. I want you to understand that. And when I say that, Trump, we all agree, has this zany side to him. And the way he's been packaged, you have to understand why people do have a certain attachment to him. None of that applies to any of these sorts of Republicans I'm talking about. Okay? And yet they still win. And win win overwhelmingly, by the way. There's nothing new about that. And, and, And this is why I laugh. They're like... MAGA all the way. I wish most of you guys don't fully support everything they're about, but we certainly, on paper, at least what they espouse, we support a lot more than we do the typical antiquated GOP party, right? So, so I, and this is the bitter pill. I would totally take a scenario, okay, Trump's going to be the nominee, but man, up and down the ballot, we're electing J.D. Vance's, Kerry Lake's, for all these offices. No, we're not. It's worse than it's ever been. And it's not changing. And, and as we've said many times, Trump is making it even harder for us. I said yesterday, you know, 
we're going to have to do one thing. We're going to have to make red areas red. The question is, will we have tailwinds at the top of the party or headwinds? Now we know the answer. We'll be headwinds, not tailwinds. But it's important to recognize. So here, here's, here's the thing. Let's come full circle to what we said. I know it's a little bit disjointed today, but I'm just going to throw out all of my observations. Never forget you have nothing to be ashamed of. Our views, not not our views won. Not a single view was rejected last night. Anything you and I stand for, it was not rejected. I would argue that 81% of the voters last night voted to affirm our, our worldview. It's Hosea 4-6. The lack of knowledge of who's who and what's what and the ignorance. You know, I couldn't tell you how many, um, uh, you know, DeSantis supporters I spoke to that did door knocking or, or even face-to-face at the caucus itself. They would tell me, these baby boomers that were out there, they forget about the nuances of all the, the stuff Trump did. They didn't even know the top lines. The $8 trillion in debt, the budget bills, they had no, they, they, they didn't follow it. They, this is not about Iowa. It's not about DeSantis. It's not about I could have run a better campaign. There is nobody alive who could have defeated him in retrospect. Doesn't mean a campaign couldn't have been better, run a better campaign, but fundamentally, it would not have changed. You can't have eight years of unanimity of opinion of every source that any Republican voter would look towards. Say this guy's the second coming. And, you know, where do you think they get their news from? Fox and the national media, they were salivating. They called the race early before anyone even voted. They all support him. Never forget, the media always get their guy. The media always picks our nominee. Every time. This time it's different. They picked Iowa too. But they always picked the nominee. And I would argue we had an open, fair fight. He is an incumbent. He is much closer to an incumbent than an open race. So 51% is kind of like, you know, it's... And, 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 and that's where you have the vulnerability, as I noted, in the general. Because normally, if you're an open race, just a bunch of guys, you have to give five, seven, ten people running. One guy gets 51. One guy gets... 38, that's commanding. That's that's very good. But in this situation, it's all or nothing. If you have half the voters going against you, that that's not just like, okay, I had better options. That's a rejection of you. Now, not all of them are going to vote against him in the general. He'll get the majority of them. But you can't lose any Republicans. Remember, there's more Democrats that, than there are Republicans. You have to downright win Indies by a certain margin to win a national election because there's more Democrats. There always have been. So that, I mean, that, that, that's the problem. And, and we always knew this. He has enough to constantly win a primary, but he can never win a general. And by the way, the general election polls are changing. <laughs> As we predicted, they're pushing them back. And uh, go eat it. Go eat it. But the reality is, Nothing has changed. This is not MAGA doing it. This is Fox News, the establishment, the general media, the system. The system gets who the system wants. And here is my control group. Because if this would be MAGA, 
we would have maybe not DeSantis's, maybe not Ted Cruz's, but we would have Trump acolytes winning up and down the ballot. They're not. They win every time. Okay? Let's take Iowa. I would love, like I said, for this to be the worldview. Because again, while it's maddening that people bought into these people, at the end of the day, people voting for Trump weren't like, I want Steve Mnuchin. I want Nikki Haley as VP. I want him selling us out. I I want Trump getting up there and saying, we can't default, we can't have a government shutdown. No, they voted for him because he's going to fight. So don't tell me that I lost last night. Now you lied. You're disgusting and lie to people. But anyone voting for those three candidates voted for our worldview in their mind. They did not vote for what we oppose every day. And even Nikki, aside from Ukraine, she ran to the right. And by the way, it's probably even more than 81%. Because a good chunk, like a third of, of Nikki's support, maybe more, I forget what the exit polls showed, um, were, were party switchers who just came to crash. So if you look at the Republican Party, and if we would actually close our primaries, you could make the case that 90% or almost 90% of Republicans who turned out last night voted for our worldview. So this begs the question, if Trump has and, and MAGA have a lock on the party for eight years uninterrupted, unrivaled, how the hell is it that to this day, the party and all of its important outcomes represents the 10 and not the 90? You see the question? Everyone's like, MAGA's crushing it in Iowa. All right, well, we're going to have another vote this week. Not New Hampshire. The House and the Senate on the budget. And we're going to have a majority of Republicans vote for the most far-left thing that even Nikki Haley said she would oppose. I mean, she doesn't, but she said she would. She felt she needed to campaign that way. You see what I mean? If you're going to run on our issues, but do the opposite, and then your guys become leaders and then support all the same people who do the same thing, there's no way out of it. I don't need to feel ashamed like I did something wrong. You need to feel ashamed for lying to us. You need to feel ashamed for spending eight years and rather than draining the swamp, refilling it. You see, if this were MAGA, see, I want to say this is Fox News and the system gets their man, but you're like, no, 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 no. Even though the system hates DeSantis and, and they, were, they were championing Trump. Not just Fox, the liberal media. Look at how dominant he is. They love it. And they love it because they know they want him as nominee. And also, DeSantis is on policy more of a threat. But if my opponents are, are right, how is it that Chuck Grassley, Kate, Kate, Chuck Grassley is the epitome Okay, let me make it very clear. Chuck Grassley is to the left of Nikki Haley's campaign rhetoric. Okay, fair? To the left of, I mean, if you want to talk about the swamp, the globalists, the special interests, the, the old stuff shirt, Republican Party, anti-populism, it's Chuck Grassley. 
We had a primary challenger. We tried. You know, I supported S- State Senator Carlin against him. And by the way, let me make this clear. Carlin endorsed Trump, not DeSantis, even though the, uh, most of the legislators were endorsing DeSantis. It's a Trump guy. I supported him. Grassley won 74 to 26. Okay? Joni Ernst, Ukraine leftist, pro-gay marriage, everything under the sun. She will re- win renomination. Every swamp creature will re- win renomination. And by the way, with Trump's endorsement too. So it's the same system and same Fox News and apparatus and special interests that got Trump elected. Get these guys elected. Don't lie to me. If this were MAGA, we would be going forwards, not backwards in all these other primaries. You see what I mean? If MAGA is is real and not subversive, I would love nothing more. I don't need to go against the flow. I, I want to be happy. I'm like, everyone voted for my values. They might not see everything about Trump, but fine, let, let's join together. Look me in the eye, colleagues of mine. You know I would have pushed DeSantis to the right every day, even though he was already light years to the right of your guy. Don't you have an obligation now to own it and promise us that you can look us in the eye and say you will use all your clout to make sure he doesn't appoint Nikki Haley as VP or someone similar to her. But last night, see, this is not just backwards. Trump learned his lesson. You look at the people he's surrounding himself with, he's gotten even worse. It's either Lindsey Graham or Laura Loomer, a retard or, you know, the biggest leftist. Nothing has changed. Last night, he said he stood there with Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum of North Dakota is... If you had to put what MAGA claims they stand for on a, on a spectrum, this is at the opposite end. He's a WEF, globalist, Bill Gates land partner, leftist on every issue. He he said in his State of the State address he supports carbon neutral, and yet Trump said he would pick Doug Burgum as Secretary of Energy. Okay, he didn't say that. He said he would be in his administration, but that means everyone knows Secretary of Energy. I mean, it'd be just as bad for anything, but I'm just picking that. He supports global warming. Nothing matters, and they know it. They know Trump is all based on who says nice things about him. It's not based. There's His movement is the most anti-populist movement. It's not about you. It's about him. Disrespecting us. I could rape you. I could give you a Wuhan anal rape right in front of your eyes, and you'll enjoy it. And that's why I put out on Twitter today, I said, if I were a paid Trump advisor, I would advise him to pick Nikki Haley. It's a smart move. You know why? It would electrify the the establishment. It would shore up, make sure that they don't throw him overboard at the convention. Because then they know they'll have their person. And then now you might ask Daniel, but but, but what about the base? Doesn't that only represent at most 19%? What about the 81%? Won't they be upset? No, they won't. Because Trump has been empowering and catering to the 19 over the 81 for eight effing years. And it hasn't mattered. Because my colleagues and Fox News and Newsmax and all these low IQ assholes 
cover for him every damn time. They talk around it. Every day you see when he does something wrong, oh, oh whoops, okay, we're not going to cover that. So yeah, over eight years, if you don't have a third-party independent source where people get their news from, gradually making that case, no campaign could storm the castle overnight and say, this guy's really a liberal. It, they, they don't, they don't, and, and, and this, this is, again, this is true of people with a lot less duplicity than Trump. Trump is more complicated because you look at the rhetoric, it's, it's hard to, oh, he sounds very hardcore, right? But I'm talking about candidates that don't talk like that. The same old Mitch McConnell's, they always won their primaries. That's just how it works. They win, the, the, the system gets their men every time. See, look, if, if we were in a situation where we were changing the legislatures or changing the governors, the senators, the congressmen, the legislation, the ideas, it's just that rather than a DeSantis, we get a Trump. You're like, all right, you know, you, know, he's, he, you guys are right. MAGA's where it's at. You guys really are successful. You're changing the party. Maybe you guys are seeing something I don't. Populist movement. It's not. The opposite is true. That's the bitter pill. We have the lowest common denominator between the pre-Trump establishment and the Trump establishment. In other words, we have the same bad guys, but there's two things where we're worse off now. Now our right flank is captured and dulled and neutered into, you know, basically we're getting anal, anally raped like we were before, except now we have Trump as the doctor injecting morphine into our guys so we don't even feel it anymore and care about it. So it just goes on. And then number two, we're just less electorally viable in a general election. Whether that even matters or not, I don't know. But conservative media spent the last eight years conditioning their audience not only to ignore Trump's shameless lies, but to cheer them on. And, and that's, that's where we are. They have a responsibility to guarantee us, A, how is he going to win a general election? How is he going to get through the convictions? Okay? How and, and then and then here's another thing. Here's another thing. Whether he first of all, they, they have to guarantee he's not gonna pick Nikki Haley and someone like like her. But also, you have to guarantee us we're not gonna get stuck with someone at the convention. That's a problem. That will Trump see this through and not take a plea bargain? We, we this is the problem when you idolize someone and you don't make demands and you don't even require a debate. This is a bitter taste in my mouth. I wish I could just embrace this. Nothing has changed. It's not like he's like promising, I'm going to support better congressional leaders, better legislation, better budgets, better candidates. No, in this very cycle, he endorsed Wicker, he endorsed Kramer, he endorsed um, Barrasso, he endorsed DeWine. He endorsed Kay Ivey. He endorsed Greg Faggot. Every one of them. Nothing has changed. He told us that we, that we can't have a government shutdown or default when he's president. It's only when he's not president he'll, su he'll support it. And, and again, this assumes he wins. You, you can't split the baby on the polls. The poll, you have to take it in totality. It shows he is dominating in a primary. But it also shows that for an incumbent, 
He has a block of Republicans who will not support him and a growing block if he's convicted, which he will be. Whether that's right or wrong, that's a reality. A, how could he win? B, how are you going to guarantee a bait and switch? And C, how are you going to guarantee he doesn't pick Haley? Really, Laura Loomer and Lindsey Graham are not an answer. Who are the serious people around him? You know, people forget this. Just six or seven months into his presidency, after everything Steve Bannon did for him, Trump humiliated him and fired him. And then a few months later, he put out that famous social media rant, Steve Bannon has nothing to do with me or my presidency. When he was fired, he not only lost a job, he lost his mind. Steve was a staffer who worked for me after I had already won the nomination. That's what he does. He has no gratitude by defeating 17 candidates. Now that he is on his own, Steve is learning that winning isn't as easy as I make it look. Steve has very little to do with our historic victory. Steve had everything to do with the loss of the Senate seat in Alabama. Um, he's in it for himself. Um, where is this? Steve pretends to be at war with the media when he, which he calls the opposition party, yet he spent his time at the White House falsely uh, leaking false information to the media, making himself far more important than he was. It is the only thing he does well. This is what he did to Steve, to Steve Bannon. And, um, you know, Bannon just came back for more. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. I, I, what, what do you want me to do with that? There is no sign that he has changed for the better. Electorally, competence in organizing on the ground. See, everyone's like, oh, he dominated so he can win a general election. No, you don't need any ground game to win as, a, as an incumbent. You have the entire conservative media. Now try winning a general election being that lazy. Uh, we kind of already have proof of concept with that. This is the thing. It just it just doesn't make sense. Nobody is demanding where is your early vote apparatus you're building. These are important questions even before we get to what would happen if you actually won. Where is the evidence that you have competent right-wingers ready to serve in your administration? MAGA people. You don't. He says it. He's going to... Here's the thing. Every rhino is endorsing him. So they're all going to ask for cabinet positions. I, again, I don't think it's going to come to this. By the way, it's funny. These guys are like, we need to end this primary. You know, Biden... Because Biden just raised $100 million. And, and again, Democrats are, are, are a fundraising juggernaut. You'll never beat them on that. We must end the primary now. We got to help Trump. We, I thought Trump was winning all 50 states and was up in Michigan by 10. What are you worried about? It's funny how that works. It's like on the one hand, he's going to crush. But on the other hand, we're not allowed to engage in a debate. And again, I don't know what path is forward. I don't know what DeSantis will do or not do. That's not the point today because DeSantis as a candidate is a distraction to this point because it's not about DeSantis and Trump. This has been going on forever and Trump, rather than draining it and changing it, he just gave us morphine and made it worse. It's the same damn thing. So I don't know what path there is or isn't, but 
we should at least, it's early on, it's January. Shouldn't we have answers to these? Shut up. This, this is what it always is. Shut up. You can't have a primary. So yeah, we don't have a primary and we never do. We never have a critical mass of conservative media and organization helping our guys. So yeah, we never have a primary of, you know, to speak of. And and they win. I mean, I think like I just looked, I, I wanted to see who filed to run. There is a state senator who filed to run against Roger Wicker in Mississippi. He'll get no support. I don't know much about him. Roger Wicker, you, you want to talk about 50? Okay. Roger Wicker looks like he's on drugs. He sounds like he's on drugs. He's against MAGA on every issue, every single one. And he has the he makes Mitch McConnell look charismatic and articulate. Roger Wickerbasket. Look him up. Look him up if you don't know what I'm talking about. He endorsed Trump and Trump endorsed him. Okay? So everyone's like, man, Donald Trump won 51%. I'll do you one better. Roger Wicker will win with 80%. So take that. Okay, and, and that's a lot more befuddling because, you know, he, he doesn't have anything on paper to even offer. He doesn't have rallies and speeches and, you know, tells us what we want to hear like Trump sometimes does. Nothing has changed. The media fawning over Trump. They did, they did that with Romney. They did that with Bush. They did that with, with McCain. They fawn over the guy they want in the primary and then turn on them, of course, in the general. They pick their man every time. Let it be known, like I said yesterday, whatever happens, I said, this is the insurgency. No special interest. You're going up against everyone. And that's what happens when you go up against everyone. What happens with all of our candidates? I'm kind of at peace with it because I've done this for so long. There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing unique. Make no mistake, voters selected our values. But we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge of who actually supports those values. There was no campaign DeSantis could have run. Trump has captured our right flank. In other words, it used to be, let's say Greg Abbott wins 70% of the vote. So it starts from the left goalpost of the GOP and then goes out from there. But we could work with the right flank. Trump captures most of the right flank. That's what he does. So in that respect, it's even worse. It's the establishment with edginess. The election stolen. Things like that. But when it actually matters, it's the same establishment. They put a little bit more of an edge on it. And by the way, that's my long-standing theory I've posited for many, many years. That the Republican Party becomes out of sync with its base so much every 10 years, they need a facelift, a cosmetic change. They can't have the same rhetoric, the exact same culture, same way of talking. So they update it. It's 1980 Reagan, 1994, 2010 Tea Party, and 2016 MAGA. But at the end of the day, it's a controlled opposition designed to prevent a true opposition from coming through. So they preempt it with a new facelift of rhetoric while jujitsuing it into the same black hole, which is why ultimately we will never succeed as a, as a people without a new party. We never will. And I'm sure of that. You know, the question is, and this is what we're going to explore in various localities, various issues, what could we do? 
we can never win elections, but you know, there are signs we are winning on some issues. You look at the tranny stuff, we are gaining traction. And that's the thing, to get together and win on issues. The problem is, do we have enough of an activism base who even cares to do that? Because what 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 the Trump election reflects is laziness and a lack of knowledge. So I could be at peace with again we're electing better people down ballot, we're electing we're 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 just bombing away at the legislatures and following them and exposing them and holding them accountable. So then okay, you know, people are fooled by Trump. He's kind of unique. I I could be at peace with that. But that's not what's happening. It's the same laziness that leads them to be confused by him, leads them to be just apathetic and just, you know, it, it, it's this baby boomer thing. Just come out and vote for your generic, well-known Republican. Who is that? Whatever Fox News tells them it is. And look, you can't deny it. You see it in the entrance polling last night at the caucuses. The older you get, the more you support it. The youngest cohort that is the least influenced by Fox News. Um, Now, obviously, it's a tiny share of the vote among Republicans, you know, the Gen, Gen Zers. They actually downright supported DeSantis. He won that vote. DeSantis was pretty competitive among middle age. You get older, it went whatever, and you get to the seniors, and it, you know, was, was very one-sided for Trump. <laughs> it, it's so funny. All the Trump supporters are like, I hate Fox News and the boomer cons. Dude, that's your guy. That's your guy. Fox News and the boomer cons. It's funny. They see it in every other context except for their own. They are the establishment. We never had a legitimate debate where he was able to get on the stage and ask him those questions. And I'm sorry, if you're a Trump supporter that, you know, doesn't see what I see, but you at least are concerned about the issues we are, you should have at least wanted a run for his money and a race and a debate so he is forced to answer these questions. Will you betray your base? Because I guarantee you he will. I promise you he will, and he will get away with it. He will get away with it. And I just want to say, it doesn't have to be this way. Now, our final thing, you know, we're, we're going to focus on, again, issues. I have no way of winning elections down ballot. I don't know. I, look, I'll, I'll give voice to the candidates, anyone who's willing to do it. But just know we'll lose everyone unless they get Trump support, which they rarely do. But focusing on issues, one of the things we're going to do at The Blaze, if you sign up, blazeoriginals.com and put an offer code Colony Ridge, you get $30 off our entire year of con- content. I know a lot of you are ticked off by certain things, but do it for me. Do it for Steve. You'll get our full content, my written content, um, which is you know in the paywall, and then Steve's overtime, whoever else you like. But Glenn is doing a series of documentaries, and we're exposing Colony Ridge Um, He has an entire one on Colony Ridge, the real story of Colony Ridge. And it exposes really these same donors that give the money to the incumbents that support open borders and why red states aren't red. So again, go to blazeoriginals.com, offer code Colony Ridge. I want to tell you guys, it doesn't have to be this way. When you actually have a movement that gets together and has a critical mass of focus on its interests, you win. And we saw there is one time in history where primaries worked. 
Never, we never did it in, in Senate or Governor, but but House seats because House seats are also exceedingly rare, not like impossible, but one percent. Trump, the people that voted to impeach Trump because that was something everyone understood. There was a focus that that movement. See, they're a juggernaut when they want to be, and this is a further indictment of their failure for eight years because we know you could do it. We know when you want, you can do it. Liz Cheney. Cheney was an institution in Wyoming, the Cheney family. And we always say to each other, you know, Democrats, there's not a single Democrat who subverts their party's platform on a single issue. How come we have Republicans from deep red states that subvert us on every issue and they continue getting reelected? I mean, not only should they lose, they should lose 70-30, right? I mean, that's what you would think. Again, 81% voted for our values last night. Well. With Liz Cheney, when people understood it and there wasn't a knowledge gap with the values, Liz Cheney not only lost, I think she got like 27%. But in the same election, Mark Gordon, who went to Harvard saying he's for killing carbon and we have to deal with global warming, he's a leftist animal, he won with 80% of the vote. There's nothing new. They have an obligation to explain to us how things haven't changed over eight years and what do they plan to do to get people elected down ballot, to change congressional leadership, to win on budget fights, to get him elected general election, to get him to get off his rear end and actually have a competent campaign. Oh, what do you mean? He's very competent. He won that. That's nothing. Like I told you, Mike DeWine won. These are goobers, these guys. They look like they all lost oxygen at birth. And they still win with, uh, most of the time, greater margins than Trump. If anything, there's at least some education there. He said he's going to pick Doug Burgum. How is that not a red alarm fire? Every MAGA person should agree with me that Doug Burgum is trash. Not just trash, but he is literally a Bill Gates guy. Literally. Those of you from North Dakota are laughing because... You, anyone who's marginally conservative in North Dakota knows that. He would have run as a Democrat in any other state. It's just because it's a Republican state. He's wealthy as anything. He bought himself a, a governor's seat. Oh, and by the way, he'll probably run for re-election for a third term. There's, you know, of course, we have to have term limits in Florida. We don't have it in North Dakota. He will get re-elected now. now and, well, now he's a hero. Trump will stump for him. He loves him. Mike DeWine won. Mike DeWine was the fourth Reich. <laughs> think, think, think about this. Look at how Orwellian our situation is. Mike DeWine is, is and I mean this seriously, because I don't want to exaggerate. It's not like there's nothing conservative about Nikki Haley. Mike DeWine is demonstrably to the left of Nikki Haley. Yet Mike DeWine easily won his primary with Vivek Ramaswamy as a COVID advisor and Donald Trump as an endorsement. That, my friends, is where we are today. Nothing will change. Nothing is changing. And that's just the way it is. But again, the good news is I cannot point to a time where people run 
on our issues and someone else runs on the other issues and they win. You see, even Nikki Haley actually tried to fake it, but, you know, people knew enough, 19%. And half of that came from outside the party. Just remember, our issues never lost. It makes it all the more disgusting. I don't know what this means mechanically for the primary. It will be self-evident within the next few days. But what it does mean is, it's very early. We are in uncharted waters. The people who got him elected have an obligation to hold him to his promises, to hold him to the right on issues, on personnel, on running an effective general election campaign, on not screwing us at the convention, on not screwing us with a VP pick. You broke it. You own it. I did what I could do, and I'm going to still do what I'm going to do. Going forward, we have to find what is our sphere of influence? What could we accomplish at a local level? We're going to continue. I planned on doing that no matter what. Like I told you, I suspected this was coming. Because I've lived it. I mean, nothing, you know, we hope to. Maybe this factor, maybe that will change it. It didn't. This is the long view of someone speaking to you from my heart. I don't earn a lot of money doing this. I have four kids. I have a wife. I have everything to lose and nothing to gain. See, I, I put out a lot of good information that the MAGA people on paper will will promote. I could just stay off this part of it, and I'll be fine. But where has that gotten us? I don't care if I have to beg from family, get money, get support from somewhere. I will not sell out. I will not sell out. Life is too short. Everyone's going to face a judgment day. I gave you a cup. Did you fill it up? Did you do what you could do within your own domain, your own dominion? And that's what we're going to be judged for. And headed forward, we always have to be constructive. What is it we can do with what we are dealt? With the hand we are dealt? I want to get your ideas, comments, questions, concerns. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. We have a lot we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the vaccines. There's a lot we can do without elections on that, raising awareness of that. We're going to try to see how we can make political kill zones, political kill zone perimeters in certain areas. Again, remember, you have two-thirds of Republican voters saying the election was stolen. That's hardcore. That's based. That's red-pilled. Okay. Well, let's see if we can actually do something with that. You know, let's try to make something of it. But never forget, nothing you and I believe was defeated on that ballot or any Republican primary ballot in any presidential election up and down the ballot. It's that we have cowardly, lying bastards that are too, they have, they have, they have too few testicles to stand before the people and say what they really believe and that what they really do and the people they really associate with. So they lie. And they have willing accomplices who are a hundred times worse than they are because they know. They know the truth. And if you don't know who Doug Burgum, Kay Ivey, John Barrasso, Mike DeWine, Chuck Grassley, Greg Ab- if you don't understand those races, then you have no business being a conservative thought leader. 
if you don't know what I'm talking about and referencing, because that matters. That's a control group on every theory. Everyone's gonna have all these theories, but no one can answer for me why they win every time with the most effeminate, lackluster, globalist rhino possible. Oh, and it just happens to be they almost all get support from Metatomp. And folks, that's just the way it is.